Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you promised that whenever two or more are gathered in your name, you will be there in the midst of them. And so we welcome you into our presence. We pray that you would enliven our worship by the power of your Holy Spirit. And may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Have you ever noticed how much people dislike change? How resistant we are to change? How uncomfortable change makes us? I think our allergy to change is one of the things which has made this past year so difficult. We've been forced to endure so much change from isolation to mask wearing to vaccination, from working and learning at home to working and learning behind plexiglass walls, from not dining out at all to dining outside to maybe dining inside. You know, just when we've gotten used to wearing masks, just when we're not constantly forgetting them in the car, how many of you get to Publix and you're like, oh, I need to go back to the car, unlock it, pull it out, put it on, just when maybe we're getting used to wearing masks, we might not need them anymore. But we also may not be quite ready to give them up. We've had so much change in so little time. And when I think about all the change we've experienced here at Holy Trinity, it, it almost makes my head hurt. You know, first off, you poor people were subjected to a new rector uh, in January of 2020. We had a couple good months, but then the pandemic, the pandemic hit. At first, there was no worship. Then there was audio-only worship. I remember recording right here in front of a microphone for a few weeks. Then there was video worship from my backyard in Texas. Remember that in choir rehearsal from Mace's parents' house in Maryland? Then there was a live stream worship from the church, then drive-in worship, then in-person worship, then tent worship. And now finally, after nearly 15 months, we're back where we started. Kind of, almost, right? We're getting there. Change is difficult, especially when it seems to be change for the worse. Moving from a place of comfort to discomfort, a place of familiarity to unfamiliarity. But here's the strange thing. Change is difficult even when it is change for the better. I don't know if anyone uh, in your family has ever been to rehab or ever entered treatment for some behavioral disorder. But if you've experienced that in your family, then you'll know that any treatment program worth its salt will go to work not just on the alcoholic, not just on the addict or the behaviorally challenged, but will go to work on the entire family the entire system. Because even in dysfunctional families, even in unhealthy families, perhaps even more so in dysfunctional families, change is difficult. People get used to a certain way of living, a certain way of relating to one another, of thinking about one another, of defining one another, even if it's not good, even if it's not healthy. Unhealthy patterns of living become familiar and ingrained and comfortable. 
And so any good treatment program will treat the entire family because unless the family changes, the individual has no hope. As healthy as a patient, an addict, or alcoholic might become, if the family doesn't heal, that person will be dragged back into unhealthy behaviors by the unhealthy system. Because as unhealthy as it might be, it's comfortable, it's familiar. I remember a therapist friend of mine telling me that when she got married, she said to her boss, who was also a therapist, she said, Bob, aren't you proud of me? I didn't marry my father. To which her boss responded, oh, don't worry, you'll, you'll make him into your father. <laughs> Maybe that hits a little too close to home. Uh, we're all used to dancing a certain dance. And if we're not careful, we may force those we love to conform to our own particular dysfunction. And that's why whenever I'm asked for advice by someone dealing with a problematic child or spouse or parent about what they should do, like RJ, what do I do about this problem person? I always say some variation of the same thing. I say two things. I say pray and work on yourself because you're probably not going to change that person, but maybe God will. And you had better be prepared for when he does because change is difficult. Change is upsetting, even when we think we want it. And sometimes people change in ways we're not expecting. And I have to say, if you yourself are the changed person, if you've been working on yourself, then be patient with your friends and family because they may not be used to it. You know, freshmen in college, when you come home and you feel like a new person, not that I've, I can't, you know, I, I have no skin in this game at all whatsoever as my freshman son's back there. Um, but I remember coming home from freshman year college feeling like I was completely different, but my parents and brothers treated me as though I was the same and I kind of chafed against it. So if a member of your family has changed or if you are the changed, be prepared to know that that's going to be difficult. So what we see in today's gospel reading from Mark chapter three is people being very uncomfortable with change, even when that change is very good. In the first three chapters of Mark's gospel, Jesus has been casting out demons. He's been healing fevers and leprosy. He's made a paralyzed man walk and he's restored a withered hand. Perhaps most amazingly, he calls a tax collector, a notorious sinner to be one of his disciples. And that tax collector who he actually goes on to write the gospel of Matthew, that tax collector repents and he follows Jesus. Jesus is doing amazing things, miraculous things, good things. So much so that at the beginning of today's gospel reading, when Jesus goes home, there is such a great crowd that comes out to see him that he and his disciples can't even find the time or space to eat. And how does Jesus's family react to all of this? Do they celebrate? Are they happy? Are they like, wow, way to go, Jesus. Way to go, bro. Way to go, son. You are really doing an amazing job. Listen to what Mark says. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him. For people were saying, he has gone out of his mind. 
they're not comfortable with what Jesus is doing, with all the people that are being drawn to him. And what about the religious folk? What about the priests? Were they overjoyed at the miracles that Jesus was working, the power of God that was being unleashed, the sick people who were being made well, the possessed who were being set free, the sinners who were repenting? They must have been over the moon, right? What does Mark say? The scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebul, which is another name for, for Satan. He's in league with the devil. And by the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. They don't have good things to say about Jesus. Jesus is changing things. And it's making his family and the religious establishment very nervous, very uncomfortable. There's a story in the Gospel of Mark, just a couple of chapters after this. I thought it might come up in the lectionary a few weeks, but we skip right over it. So I'm going to tell you about it now. It's about another man who was possessed by many demons, by a legion of demons. And Mark tells us that this man lived among the tombs. No one could restrain him anymore, even with a chain. For he had often been restrained with shackles and chains, but the chains he wrenched apart, the shackles he broke in pieces, and no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. This poor troubled man. Well, Jesus goes out to see him and he heals him. And then Mark tells us, the people from the town came to see what it was that had happened. They came to Jesus and saw the demoniac sitting there clothed and in his right mind, the very man who had been possessed, and they were terrified. They were terrified. Then they began to beg Jesus to leave their neighborhood. We could handle it when that guy was out there cutting himself and screaming and breaking chains, but this, this healing, this thing's getting back to normal, we can't handle it. Please, would you go away? You're making us uncomfortable. We all get used to things as they are, to people as they are. It's so much easier to say, well, that's just my crazy uncle. That's just my alcoholic mother or my disturbed brother or my impossible child than to deal with them when they actually change, especially if they've hurt you or you've expended a great deal of energy dealing with their illness. It may be very difficult to let them be different, to let go of your own pain, your own resentment. My wife and I have been watching a show on Apple Plus called Trying Anyone, Any Bueller, has a single person seen, seen trying? Of course not. It's really good. If you can get over the scandalous first scene, it's really good. It's about a couple, a British couple in London who are trying to have a baby. And they discover that they're infertile, so they make a decision to adopt. And as part of that process, the adoption agency checks in with all of their ex-boyfriends and ex-girlfriends to get a fuller picture of the kind of people they are, the kind of parent they might be. And the man in this 
couple in this story, uh, the show Trying, has a broken relationship with his most recent ex-girlfriend. Things ended very badly. And so he reaches out to her, hoping to mend the relationship in anticipation of the conversation she'll have with the, the person from the adoption agency. And at first, she is very angry about how he treated her. But then she becomes even more angry when she discovers that he has actually changed, that he's become the man that she always wanted the man she knew he could be, the person she told him he could be. It's kind of like that scene when Harry met Sally. Remember when Meg Ryan discovers that, you know, he, it's not that her, Joe, was that his name, the old ex-boyfriend? It's not that Joe didn't want kids, that Joe didn't want kids with her. Remember that when Harry met, maybe more of you have seen that movie. And in this show, Trying, it's easier for this ex-girlfriend to continue to hate who this man used to be, rather than accept who he has become, to accept that he has, in fact, changed. And that's what we see in today's gospel reading. People who are uncomfortable with the changes that Jesus is making, with the healing that he is bringing about in people's lives. But make no mistake, Jesus has come to change things, to change you, to change me, to change the world. And the good news of this passage is that nothing will stop him, not illness or possession or addiction or dysfunction, not even our own resistance to change. My favorite theologian, uh, Martin Luther, 16th century German theologian, uh, once said that in the divine human relationship, we bring only two things to the table, sin and resistance. And when Jesus encounters the resistance of his family and priests, he says something striking. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man, then indeed the house can be plundered. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, we all have strong men in our houses, don't we? We are all bound up in patterns of behavior or thought or sin. We're bound up and these things keep us imprisoned to fear, resistant to change, to growth, to healing. A lot of the times we would rather be bound than free. But what does Jesus do? He enters our lives and he ties up the strong men. He disarms them, he renders them powerless, and he plunders our house. He, takes us away, he claims us for himself, he frees us from the sin and fear and illness which enslave us. There's a Christmas carol I love, it dates from 1595, it's called This Little Babe, and it begins like this, speaking of the infant Jesus. This little babe, so few days old, is come to rifle Satan's 
fold. And that's what Jesus has come to do. He's come to rifle Satan's fold. He's come to plunder the devil's kingdom, to release us from the ties that bind, to set us free, to heal us, to take us back as his own possession. Change is hard. It's uncomfortable. We may not even like it, but make no mistake, Jesus has come to change things, to shake things up, to change us, to set us on a new path, a path of healing and wholeness and freedom and life. Amen.